The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition-era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time roma craft tobacco the after show the after show the after show the after show <laughs> it's the after show we're here with steve sock at dunbarton tobacco and trust because he was on the regular show, and we got a coronavirus uh, thing going on. And he had nothing else to do. I'm in lockdown. And uh, the show's over, and he immediately uh, grabbed one of his own cigars, so he's uh, a happier camper right now. But this is a cigar that um, isn't out. Right. What do we have here? Um, it's a variation of the Mike Rita blend, uh, but it's also, in addition to the blend being slightly modified, um, I also chose to press it in a manner that's very similar to the way Sin Compromisos are pressed. Um, but it's probably pressed a little bit firmer, a little bit flatter. I haven't cut mine, but a little curly head top that's kind of squished in. Is, is there a certain name for that? Yeah, I would call it a small bun. Bun? Like a bun? <laughs> like a man hair. bun. Absolutely, right? Yeah, you know, like, like a, a man bun. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you have large buns that are more like a cinnamon bun kind yeah. of look, and then this one's a tighter knot. All right. And, like a tiny uh, knot. When are you going to come out with this? Um, originally, my intention was this year, but I don't know right now. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm even in business two months from now, much less what cigars I'm supposed to be releasing. Uh, I, I had to cancel my trip to Nicaragua. Yeah. So I have a wide variety of projects that were slated to be debuted at the uh, Premium Cigar Association's trade show. And throughout the year, and I don't know when those projects will go forward because if I'm not physically there, um, it's not that they're not capable of doing. Like this is a finished blend, but I'm, I'm just too much of a hands-on, hands-on control freak kind of guy yeah. that I won't feel comfortable if I'm not physically there. So these cigars aren't really all made yet, ready to go. No, I made I made maybe a I don't even know a thousand of them or so just to get a general running cost. See how consistent they are, you know. See what you know. See what the problems are, and I'm still finding some problems in these. I'm still not 100 percent pleased with the burn. It's a little bit uneven, um, in the way, in my opinion. I there's some things I've noticed. Occasionally, I get a little bit of a runner in the in the say in the uh, in the base I'm using. So I think there's still some tweaks to be done. I, I like the flavor profile a lot. What the hell's a base, and why can't you just use the terms that we all know? Um, okay, so a base is when you take a seco leaf and you use it, you use it as a, we call it a base because it's the basement from which you build the blend. So essentially, there's two basic methodologies of making handmade cigars. 
one in which you use a double binder, which is a very Cuban style of making cigars. And then there's another one where you use a Seiko and you kind of fold it half over and then half back onto itself to provide you a platform on which you then fill the rest of the bunch with. That's your and combustion. That's, and that's called, and it's a combustion component. And it also kind of, it serves a combustion and also serves a flavor component. But constructing that way, you have the base. So when you have the base done that way, you have to be conscientious of the burn of it because it also is kind of simultaneously acting as a binder too. So, you know, if you get like, and what I'm noticing is I'm noticing that some of this particular Seiko, occasionally one of the veins in the leaf tends to give you a little bit of a runner. And I don't know, have, have any of yours given you that kind of runner experience? Mine isn't now. I smoked one yesterday that I saw it in, but I can already tell. I don't think that the burn is as sharp as I, I like it to be, but also these cigars haven't had as much downtime in the cool rooms as they normally would because this isn't something that I'm trying to sell. This is something that I'm just currently smoking and trying to decide what to do with it. Oh, so far, so good. I also see a box of cigars on the table here. It's a sober Mesa of a size I've never seen before. This is a double Corona. Yeah, we ended up uh, we ended up starting to make in the late summer, fall last year. Uh, we ended up oh, it's no video, so no video, even. yeah. Um, but it's basically it's the Sober Mesa Brulee blend, but in a larger double Corona format. And this is actually something that I've had quite a few retailer requests for. Uh, Sober Mesa Brulee is doing really well for most of my retailers, yeah. and. They just have people that want bigger, larger cigars to smoke on the golf course in particular. And I didn't have something that was a good golf course alternative for those guys. So retailer said, hey, I really would like you to make one in this size. What, what is that size? Like nine, I, 12 is, holes for one of those? This is a 7 by 54. Can I see one of those out of the box? Yeah, absolutely. Take whichever one you want. Okay. I'm just going to put it right in my pocket. This yeah. is, this, it's Roman Craft After Show. This yeah, but do me a favor. Don't, don't do a review on it. Smoke <laughs> it for yourself. I want one too then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, um, that's, it's a box of 13. Yeah. That is going to be a winner for a full box purchases. Uh, what, Everybody a beautiful box, a one. big box of cigars of 13. That's a winner right there. That's a, that's a full box. That's an easy full box sale. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, is this one sweet tip too? Um, that one has got the same level of sweetness, but it's not sweet tip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you no. you you have to seven by fifty. You absolutely have to love the episode that we did with Jonathan Carney for no other reason than what a great commercial that was for the cigar. Oh yeah, look, it's yeah. funny people think I get upset about it, but I don't. I mean, you saw even my response was me talking about eating gummy bears and Twizzlers, and that's I piss on all the wrapper, and that's how it gets the flavor. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, it's I, I'm happy. Look, Talk about it. All press all. is look, good press. Look, the challenge in our business is we all make something that essentially looks the same. So it's very challenging for a consumer to try to figure out what to buy, what to smoke, because it all essentially looks very similar. So really what you're hoping is you're hoping to have some sort of hook that will get the customer to try it so they can decide whether they like it or they dislike it, whether it's for them or for not for them. So any sort of discussion about anything motivates people to try it. And then ultimately, they're going to make a decision themselves whether they like it or not. Absolutely. And, and honestly, I'm not adverse to sweet tips. I just didn't happen to sweet tip this, but I mean, tons of host sell, tons oh. of Baccarat sell, ton of uh, Drew Estates products have sweet tips on them. I mean, there's a lot of adult consumers that enjoy that. 
So I, I, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't, and I don't think anyone says, oh, well, I don't want a host because it's got a sweet tip on it. No, the guy that smokes the host, he really likes that sweet tip. But I, I think when you smoke one of these sober mesa brulees, if you took it against a cigar that's really got a sweet tip on it, it's such a distinctly different experience. I mean, a sweet tip is very, <laughs> you can tell. But, you know. So hey. is it that you didn't sweet tip it because you didn't put anything on the outside wrapper and you added a little sweetness to the binder and then it bleeds through the wrapper? No, you're trying to get me to say that I'm adding sweetness. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just asking. Here's the, it's the uncomfortable question how episode. Do, the question no, is, that was the no, old no, episode. But, you know, the question is how do I prove a negative? I say what it is, and ultimately consumers are going to get to decide. You know, they can take it for what they will, but I mean, I can't. What do you want me to say? It is? And I knowing I'm lying? What am I saying? <laughs> it's like it's crazy. <laughs> and let me say this. Right, I've, actually, put- I've actually been enter- – if we get beyond this FDA stuff, I'm not opposed to actually making a limited release that's actually sweet-tipped. You know what I mean? I would do that. Say here it is. Here it is. Here's what it tastes like with a sweet tip. So you just take the regular box and put a sticker on the front of it. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> why, why not? Nice. You know, I can do that. All right. So you're <laughs> off the hot seat now. We did a whole show with you on the hot seat. Let's put David on the hot seat because about three weeks ago he told us you would give us an answer in two weeks. He pushed it off last week. Somehow right. he got away with that. Coronavirus. How, how did he? Oh come what on. What does that have to do with anything? It has nothing to do with anything. It's everybody's excuse for everything right <laughs> oh now. Oh my god. Um, just for the record, I want everyone to know I'm the one that pushed that this needed to be answered. Yes, you, yes, you did. Because I listened to the podcast. He said he was going to disclose it. He teased it, okay? Teased it one show. Teased another show. Teased it twice. And still, he, you call never, me a tease? he never produced the goods. And I find that very... He never good. got his $10. That's and what, what I got happened. is I got an after show about bundle cigars or about our flavor cigars, whatever. I don't even know, but... He couldn't take the 30 seconds it would take to just simply answer the question because he promised to answer. So well, under, under, the, under the guidelines that the PCA ends up happening. Correct. So and you a, feel comfortable flying. Because and it's safe to travel. And go to Las Vegas with all those people. Okay. So th- that, all that notwithstanding, if that all happens, are you in on the PCA or are you still out? So here's why it's a little complicated. Because <sighs> by me going to the PCA is also... United Cigar? Is United Cigar going to go? Is the Cigar Authority going to go? No one's asking no. if any of those Am are going. We're talking about other you, people. We're talking about you as Just you, Dave, Dave going to going the trade show. One of the buyers for Two Guys Smoke Show. Yeah, you and Ed. If, if everything lines up correctly, the PCA is going to go on, and travel is going to be okay, and the scare is all over, and, and the hotels open up, and everything's a go, the answer is yes. I will go. Why was that so hard? Because it, it's... Because we had if, 40 if, minutes if, to fill. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's if, 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 if those end up happening. And when it, when it comes to United Cigar, if we can get a decent spot to put our booths at... Oh, he's taking uh, a step further than I thought. I wouldn't even... That'll happen too. No, I'm either in or I'm not in. I'm all in or I'm all not in. Um, and I have a lot of working things that... Do it. Is the Cigar Authority going to, and there's a lot of work that happens there, go around and, and get the information and everything for that? Is that going to end up happening? Why don't you go as a Cigar Authority? You've never gone as a Cigar Authority. We always you? do. But you've never had a booth as Cigar Authority. We never had a booth. Why would we have a booth? Bring people over to interview them. That's tough because everyone's yeah. so locked into their booths. Yeah, it's, I can't pull them out of there. Can't but pull them out. Cigar yeah. Authority goes. David Garofalo goes. United Cigar goes. 
um, staff goes and all the money and all the expenses and everything goes. Um, listen, the name of the company is United Cigar. It's unification. And I'm very much about brick and mortar, the survival of brick and mortar. I did eight years on the board. I care about it very, very much. I paid my dues. And I will show unification by going to the trade show if, if, if those things end up happening. The reason I pulled out was the reason they yeah, what, we, what we they heard, stopped. We've all heard it a million times on the okay. program. So uh, it, it's not so, that I'm not unified so what, with so all what my made fellow. So what made you change your mind because you were so adamant that you were not going to go? Well, they, Part of it was you that said, listen, it's not good um, – if I don't show up for but, the entire industry. Well, he man, said he wasn't going long before the big four pulled out. Yeah, I know that. But, okay, so you're crediting me a little bit here, but I can't imagine that I said anything to you that other people were also saying to you. And, I at, don't, the, and at the same time. There's so it, few it was people a, that talk to him like you do. It was, yeah. <laughs> so few. It was fucking hard hitting. And, and the room before the meatball was pretty fucking hard hitting. You were there. Yeah, I was and, there. That was pretty fucking hard hitting. And I, and I heard from others also the same thing. Dave, Dave, I wish you would reconsider. I said, I'm reconsidering. I'm thinking about it or whatever. And now I'm saying, okay, if all those if those things happen, which is listen, if they if they uh say we're not having the, the trade show, well then you're not going. I'm not right. going. They're not having a trade show, I'm not going either. We all know that. Um but but if they are and everything seems to be safe and and there's nothing, yes, I'm gonna go for sure. I paid my dues anyway. It will require airline ticket and a hotel room, and it's going to be that easy. But also, um, United Cigar wants to go. Um, Oliver said it to me. And, but let me say this to, to you. So that, while we're having this conversation, I don't want you to use that as an excuse when the time comes that, oh, we couldn't get United Cigar to come, so therefore I'm not coming either. Why wouldn't United Cigar be no, able but I'm to just, go? I don't know what's going to happen. Well, if they give you a shitty booth space, for example, right. there's no good space. Right, or left. there is no space left or there's whatever. A lo- there's a whole big empty thing of okay. space. But, but why do they treat us so badly and shove us behind the absolute worst place they could possibly put us, behind the bathroom in the corner? You know, they just, I don't know why they do what they do. There's like zero respect for somebody who served and does the right thing all the time. And I don't know why they do it, or why they had done it in the past. And frankly, when I said I was go- was out, they didn't care at all. Just for the record, though, there's only about maybe... 20 exhibitors at the trade show that are happy with where their booth location is. Nobody's happy with their booth well, location. We've been there for seven years and um, nothing was as bad. It's, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. You know, behind walls and things like that. It's just, it, this, you, you know what it cost. Yeah, and no, that, it's real money. You see the size of the trade show booth that I put up there and the money I put no, into it. No, it's real investment. You spend more than I do. Yeah. So, you know, show me a little respect. A little bit because I feel foolish when I when I go there that, that uh, you know here I'm paying it and I can do it so I I did but it's just getting you know as probably the four that are pulling out are disrespected because of the political um, direction that that they go in that's why they pulled out I pulled out of well look I can't give but, you space for. Uh, you know, obviously for United Cigar, but I have a larger booth this year. So if you end up needing two booth spots, I can give you two of my crappy booth spots. Ah, thank you. <laughs> How crappy are we talking? Are you Pretty behind crappy. the bathroom? No, I'm not behind a bathroom. But I'm look. I, I don't, but 
Just being next to you would be draw people in anyway. Well, no, because you'd be behind my big, massive wall. Oh, behind the wall. <laughs> next to the toilet. Dave, I have, a, I, belong, I have right? a hole saw that drills a perfect little glory hole. You'll be able to see what's going on in his booth. Oh, I'm back here. Everybody. I expect that out of Barry. God, this, not you. this whole thing is terrible, man. Him and his asylum segment. Him and his... Glory holes. It's the glory hole maker. Listen, I I want the show to succeed. It's a whole industry thing. You made every point. You're you're spot on. Everything you said, I didn't argue with you. I just said that I wasn't going, and and I said I'm not going. Also, I have to worry a little about the reputation that I have, which is a man of my word. I say I'm going to do something or yeah, not going to do something. You no, know, we were having this brief yeah. conversation about, you know, state governments and local officials are making decisions based on the data they have for the coronavirus today. <coughs> yeah. And in the end, there are going to be some of those decisions in hindsight that they're going to go, oh, I wish I had decided differently. And here's a situation where the circumstances were one thing when you made that declaration. But then they significantly changed a couple months later. So I don't think it's inappropriate to reassess the situation and make a decision on what the current facts are. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, I, don't I, see think, that. I think you're doing the right thing in that you are showing solidarity for the correct side of the industry, which is the premium cigar side. And that's part of the stand that you have to make. It's a, it's a lot of years, man. I've been going there since the Chicago days and um, – uh, you know, it's more than never it's, missed one. I don't even know that it's about picking sides in this. I think it's a question of when you go to the PCA, it is still ultimately a retailer trade show. I think it's being being in with your other fellow retailers more than picking and choosing. Because look, every retailer that goes to the show gets to decide which companies to support or not support. There's tons of people that come to the trade show and don't visit my booth, don't buy anything. You know what I mean? So I don't think that But you- the big four pulling out, they did with the intent to hurt that organization. Right. Because they didn't, they couldn't make any more backdoor deals with the organization. And, that was and, over. And, they, and frankly, they didn't like the idea that the consumer part was taken away. <clears throat> they actually are the ones that pushed the consumer thing. I pulled out because of the consumer thing. Right. Now the consumer thing is gone for this year. What I would like to hear from them is the consumer thing is off. But that's an unreasonable expectation because, again, every trade show, every business is going to make decisions based on what the current lay of the land is. And for you to say, I'll never do something. Like, for example, people I'm, always – I'm not doing it. Like, if, one, of the que- the, like one of the questions a- I get asked all the time is, are you willing to sell? Okay. I've been approached multiple times. Are you, are you, and the answer to the question is, yeah, you know, it's something that I'm willing to have a discussion about. I don't currently have an inclination to sell. I don't currently have a dollar number in my head. You'd be a fool. But but at the same time, am I not going to hear a conversation? Am I not going to engage? Of course I'm going to do that. So I, I I think you just kind of have to roll with the punches. And that's the reason why I've never, ever made a declaration saying I'll never sell Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust because, yeah, that's not in my head today. Have you signed any non-disclosures? Have I signed any non-disclosures? The answer to that is forever. I mean, I'm always signing non-disclosures. That's a very common thing in our industry. So the answer is yes, I've signed non-disclosures. Now your question is going to be, what was that non-disclosure about? Well, how can I answer that question if I sign a non-disclosure? Any letters of intent? I was just wondering if... if I can say, as a matter of fact, there are no letters of intent. All right. Okay. Thanks, Ed Sullivan, for that follow-up question. See, that's why you need the money guy. He knows what to ask, right? (laughs) It's good. How about any... um, Would you ever consider merging? 
Um, I think that's really highly unlikely because I've had my experience as a partner, and being a partner comes with its own benefits and challenges. And I really am not interested in going into the partnership position mm. in the future. No Romas um, cigars. I don't. I don't. I just don't think it makes sense. Be Romaca. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't. And it's not that there's look. There's tons of great companies to partner with. I just don't. I thought. I really thought. You know, in those shows that I did before, I thought there was going to be a lot of merges through this whole thing, and I'm so surprised I didn't. Merges and I think are, it's personalities. Well, yeah, well, they're very difficult. You have yeah. personalities, and the other thing that you have that every business owner, myself, is also guilty of to a degree, um, is we all think our businesses are worth more than what they really actually are worth. It's not an easy negotiation. To, to do something like that. It's, it requires a lot of back and forth. Mm. So, I mean, we see how long some of these deals take to come to fruition, even though we've all known that they've been in the wind now for two and three years before they actually end up ultimately happening. And sometimes there's letters of intent uh, in these discussions that mm. uh, they never ultimately end up being acted upon. Just the fact that there's an LOI does not ultimately mean that there's going to be a purchase. Right. So it's, it's um, but I, I think the merger thing is uh, difficult. I mean, you're going to see little mergers of this little brand is now with this distributor or, you know, those kind of things. But real blockbuster mergers, that's, that's, not, a, that's not an easy thing. Yeah. How about uh, Altadis? What do you think is going to happen there? I'm the wrong guy to ask on that one. I, I don't follow it very closely. I don't really. You probably know more about that. It's supposed to be a, a May twelfth deadline on that too. I mean, so I mean, I mean this this has been going on now for many many years. I mean, that portion of the company has been available for purchase pretty much actively for going on almost three years now. Yeah. So it's not it's not a new conversation. It's just it's a very difficult business to buy because it has so many different components. You find it interesting that you worked for. Um, JR, mm -hmm. uh, which is later Altadas, right? Uh, selling which is out. Now then you went Drew Estate, selling out. After yeah. you leave, sell out. After yeah. you leave, sell out. It was. Like well, I think that I think that what that tells you as a company is you have to fire Saka in order for someone to be willing to buy you. Ah. <laughs> right? I mean, that's the way I was. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I'm going to yeah. spin it as though I did such an amazing job that it helped to better, you know, boost those companies to make them more uh, sellable. But I think the facts on the table are they keep getting bought when I'm gone. Isn't it? I wish I, I wish I thought of that line. That's a very good one. Now, one merger question: Would you consider combining forces with Mr. John? Jonathan, to defend your meatball title? No. Why would I drag myself down? It's like carrying dead wheat. Wait. Two years straight, man. man. I can't believe. I mean, you're talking about the kid that got passed, picked last for kickball two straight <laughs> years, and I'm going to put him on my team as I'm my training. striker? I'm training right now. But that would right show now. your greatness, wouldn't it, if you could and win And the other thing, too, him. is I think, I think what Mr. Jonathan is failing to understand is he, in his heart, believes that the meatball he makes is the absolute oh, yeah. best. He does. They're great meatballs. They're, yeah, but the people that eat the meatballs do not agree with this. No, sentiment. because they eat gas station meatball sandwiches, <laughs> and that's what they're used to. So I'm making a gas station meatball this year. I think oh. he just referred to your championship winning meatball as a gas station He won meatball. by one vote. And, I, and then look, and I'll be honest about it, my meatball this year was nowhere near as good as my meatball was the first year. But I didn't remember the first you year. You ran away with The, the first, first year, year, I spent like 500 bucks on ingredients to make frickin' <laughs> meatballs. They were like $8 a meatball. Yeah. This year, I spent $60 to make the... And I 
made like 80 meatballs, right? So those meatballs were definitely much more in what the cost effective. They were cost effective. (laughs) They were what meatballs that you would make at home would be like meatballs. They weren't meatballs made out of Wagyu and Berkshire pork, you know? And so, and and now I got to think about what am I going to do this year? And then the other thing I got to think about is do I really want to win? Because it's kind of a pain in the neck to make these damn meatballs. So, yeah, I was happy to lose in year one. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I don't come back. But then, you know, but then the the drive in you that you want to be the winner takes over and like, okay, I'm going to do this. But (laughs) I I felt at the very end that as as we were eliminating these people one by one, you seemed happy at the end that you ended up. I was very happy. Watch the video. You saw me. Look, Mm -hmm. no. Anytime I can kick Carney's ass, absolutely. absolutely. And if it's that one, was probably the best part. <laughs> that you beat him. Because he, he spent eight hours doing his. Yeah. yeah, but I spent that amount of time too. Really? Yeah. It, it takes a while to do them right. It's a lot. Yeah. That's why I lost because it didn't take all that long. But I've been making meatballs my whole life. It was nothing. I mean, nothing. The, f- the first meatballs I made were way. But that was because I was doing the exploratory, yeah. figuring out how to make a meatball. Because you had never done it before. You'd never done it before. Imagine Literally, that. Meatball, meatball, first year that one was the first meatball I've ever made in my life that anyone ate. And then uh, the one I made last year was the second meatball I've made in really? my life. Really? Yeah. I, was, I was thinking, I, I, is it part of the uh, no, soccer? No, dinner? no, I'm, 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 I'm along with Ed here. I'm, I'm not a big, uh, f- you know, the only time I try- have meatballs is when you go to one of those fancy Italian restaurants and they have that $22 meatball on the appetizer oh. menu. And you say, okay. This is twenty-two bucks for this meatball. Bring it to the table. I want to see what a twenty-two dollar yeah. meatball tastes like. How much like. was your meatball, Dave? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. I had a twenty-five dollar meatball in Las Vegas. I can't remember the name of the restaurant. But honestly, it was it, fabulous. I in my kitchen spent eight dollars to make one inch meatball. So <laughs> right. I don't think a twenty-five dollar meatball. If you're Sounds going to crazy. those extremes, yeah. I mean, if you're using cheese that's been aged three thousand days, you know, right. you know, and uh, they, really super aged Reggiano. They would buy I mean, another one in a heartbeat. I'll, I'll buy one for myself because we split it. Yeah, was it, a mistake, and that made you sad, right? <laughs> At the end of it, I'm yeah. like, wow, that was the no best more. meatball. Ever, yeah, um, and that's thanks to the folks at Kristoff um, mm. that took me out to dinner and said, uh, "Let's get one of these." Meatballs. So, what was the restaurant? So I know you don't remember. Wasn't Sinatra's? Was it Lavo? Lavo. There yeah. we go. Lavo. Yeah. Thank that you. That makes sense. It was great. Mm-hmm. Great. And there it is in, a, in one of the boxes. Meatball, $25. I'm like, really? $25? He says, get it if you want. And I said, I really do want it, but I feel bad. Somebody's paying the bill here. This is I- the same logic that works on the sale of unicorns. You realize that? Yeah. <laughs> like, $100? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, okay. I got to try. $100, give me that. I got to try that, you know? <laughs> we are crazy people when it comes in our minds how it works. Well, Steve Socket, thank you for coming up here, and uh, I'll see you at the PCA trade show in Las Vegas. We if will, it happens, and if it's safe to fly, and if all the other yeah, bullshit yeah, 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 yeah. And we will welcome you with open arms. All so. right, thank you. Uh, that's it for the after show. Next week is the Cigar Authority's 10-year anniversary. We got cake, and you can't come. Because they said we can't have people in here, but we'll celebrate another day. But we're going to celebrate without you. But you can tune in and watch and see us eat cake or whatever we're going to do. Listen to us chew on our microphones. There we go. Put the lid, <laughs> end. Put the lid end in your mouth. You'll like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.